Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights. This week on the show, Mikel Antonio throws his name into the hat for Under the Floodlights goal of the season. Paddy Bamford's the latest Premier League striker we all accuse of stat padding. No dancing from Hamez this week as the wheels fall off Everton's bandwagon. Good guy Rashford continues to make the world a better place and Evra versus Hasselbank is the pay-per-view fight we didn't know we needed. My name's Darren <laughs> Scott and I'm joined by Bailey Hutchison, Chris Ringland. How is everyone? Superb. Yep. Yeah, a weekend where very little's actually happened. Yeah, tough one. It. Tough one this weekend. <laughs> We've finally run out of things to talk about. Oh yeah, we'll drag this one to 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will, I guess the first place to start, um, slightly more seriously, we actually um, probably should have mentioned this a few weeks ago and haven't. Um, somebody made a donation to the podcast. Um, oh, right. there were, there's been two donations that have been made. Somebody claimed responsibility for the first one. There has well, been, that's the one I've heard about. There has yeah. been nobody... Um, has messaged us to say, here guys, I've sent you a, a few quid, um, which is, you know, very unnecessary, but still very much appreciated. Um, so whoever whoever that was, if you could just make yourself known, just yeah, so we can say do. thank you. I mean, what, what kind of quantities are we talking? You know, oh, I mean, let's not get into that, Chris. I don't right. want to <laughs> let people, I don't want to, you know, give people too much of an insight behind the door here. <laughs> sure. Um, we'll just say yeah. we're not Joe Rogan. That's, <laughs> yeah. But, even still, very nice gesture. And if someone wants wow. to, to claim it, I don't want to be getting now like 10 messages from people being like, well, I sent oh, that, that in. Mine, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, um, <laughs> onto the football this weekend. Like you said, yep. Bailey, um, pretty dry one. Tough. Not a huge amount happened. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly of any interest. Um, I guess probably the, the best place to start was, um, West Ham versus Manchester City. Which I think was the first game of the weekend. Come on, you irons, yeah. Uh, Good result for West Ham, getting a 1-1 draw at City. And uh, Antonio throwing his name into the hat for under the floodlights goal of the season. Early contender. Stunning goal. goal. The Mm. best part about it was that he didn't even need his other knee to build the momentum. He just (laughs) just went for it with one leg. Mm. I like the deep dive into the physics of it there, Chris. (laughs) Well, you know, the classic overhead kick is where you... Like from a standing start, use your other leg to build the momentum yeah. to get the other one. But Antonio is so ripped that he didn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah held he off just, the defender. Yeah, he just uses Pep's new centre back, who is supposed to sort everything out. Mm. I, what what do I think of him? Is that Ruben Diaz? Ruben yeah, Diaz. Yeah, it's I mean, him. two games in, can't really form an opinion. But again, he's he's come from where was it Benfica, where you win yeah. you win the league every other year. So I don't. I don't know what to make of this guy yet. I think as well, nobody keeps clean sheets anyway anymore. Yeah. Well, so Darren, yeah, it's kind of hard to judge him. Um, I think as well with Antonio's goal, a lot of the times overhead kicks look great at full speed, but when you slow them down, it turns out that you know the player tends to shin them into the net. <laughs> um, so it was it was very encouraging to see that even in slow mo, nothing but the top of the foot from Michel Antonio. So it's yep. a genuine overhead yep. kick, and, a, and it will be considered at the end of the season awards. Well, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. Cause that's the funny thing now. If West Ham have scored two stunners in two weeks, mm-hmm. we'll have. Have, have sorry, the have. club used up their their allotment. Like you're um, just you're now going into November having scored two crackers. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it, yeah. is it done for the season, or are we mm. just watching West Ham every week going? Wait to see what these boys are going to produce. Yeah, I think, well, until they stop doing it, they've done it the last two weeks. So until it comes to a point where there's a weekend where it doesn't happen, <laughs> I think we have to assume that there will be a 
uh, and under the floodlights goal of the season contender every week in the West Ham games <laughs> and any week in which there isn't one it's a massive disappointment <laughs> indeed um, match of the day did not hold itself in high regard this week you're, um, you're joking uh, <laughs> did it not um, there oh. was I mean we'll, we'll not even we'll not even mention the, the did you hear about the Rashford one uh, Guy Mowbray did you hear about that one no, okay, we'll right. Well, well, basically, in the Man City West Ham game, um, Steve Wilson, the commentator, said at one stage about West Ham, you could say, "Is this like watching a Man City tribute band?" <laughs> I thought I thought that was tough to take, but then, but then at the end, Lineker, um, who had his worst week in quite a while, a match of the day, he was saying that you know, Man City just aren't playing that great because they're behind closed doors, and I was like. Gary, why are you giving them excuses? Yeah, we, we've now been playing this way for six months or so. Oh, Everyone's God. dealing with it. Man City more than most because they were in that small Champions League tournament in August. I think as well to be giving them that cop-out, the Olympic Stadium is probably a stadium that would suit <laughs> Man City because it's big, it's wide. Yeah, you know, yeah. It kind of gives them everything that they yeah. want. I thought you were about the Red Star sort of Stadium there. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It's yeah. also not your stadium. Um, <laughs> well, it is. Well, it's, well, it's a tax pit. Well, it's a tax pit. Tax- I'm not going to that. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, uh, I would like to say about David Moore. No, obviously, like, you know, I support West Ham. That's very clear. But from a subjective point of view, I do like how David Moyes is no longer the point of ridicule that he has been for quite a number of years. And I felt unfairly so. Because um, I think there's a reason why he's still in the Premier League, but Alan Pardew and Mark Hughes aren't. For example, if we're talking about these uh, so-called past British managers, of which there are a few, he's still there for a reason. He's well, done well. Parchy, Parchy had to go after that FA Cup final dance. There was no <laughs> no way back for Pards after that. <laughs> yeah, I think on the David Moyes point of view, he's got West Ham performing consistently and consistently getting results, and and that's you know if you do that in the Premier League, you're you're going to hang around. I think. If, for being very honest, there's nothing overly pretty about the, the way West Ham are doing things oh, at the moment. Well, um, well, it's better than it was. Michel yeah. Antonio is a bit of a handful up front, and he's um, just in the form of his life, really. And and you know he chases every ball, puts teams under pressure, and Got gets it. West Ham out. Um, Declan Rice is obviously playing well. Um, Love that. I'm shocked. Yeah, in the middle of midfield. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think if, if West Ham are being honest, they probably need to push on a little bit. I think they need some better attackers. Um, certainly out in the wings. I'm not blown away by Fornals and um, Jared Bowen's good. But Bowen, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anyone's blown away by Fornals, Darren, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and that you've yeah. Masayaki raiding up one wing. Um, well, we're watching a bit of football these days. Yeah, well. yeah, it's I, sort of headed up in the I, so, so, And you see the new right back, Kufa. So that's yeah. two players from Slavia Prague who have been absolutely brilliant <laughs> yeah um, so um, a league I would have described as a farmer's league and they've both come to England and are I, I mean farmer's league's probably putting well. them like too highly mm. <laughs> the Czech league let's be honest but I mean football the cycle of football is if you're not winning games it's about winning games and then once you're winning games then it's about winning them the right way right so I think way. West Ham are in that stage of they're starting to you know, get results. They're starting to win some games, and then the next step on, um, whether it be the second half of the season or in the next season, is about winning games the right way. Um, yeah, because they're yeah. not doing that. And there's been no. been a lot of good results for the Hammers as well. Like they're, every weekend, I look at who West Ham are playing and go, "Well, not a chance." Mm. Same. And every weekend, yeah. they've proved me wrong. So I think it's, yeah. I think it's gone very well. No, yeah, uh, yep. totally unexpected. So. Yeah, still sitting very much mid table. 
Let's yeah, not get blown but away. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Man United are 15th. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess if we, if we want to move on, um, Leeds-Aston Villa was a game that I think took a few people by surprise. <sighs> Aston Villa had been flying um, and kind of just disaster. got... Yeah, kind of got steamrolled here a bit by mm. by a bit of a Bamford onslaught. Oh, um, did you guys see that one? Yeah, I, I mean, like... I mean, I don't even really want to give him that much credit. Um, I mean, who I want to give credit is Marcelo Bielsa because we had the return, finally, of the first half substitution. <laughs> um, so um, there's this, I don't know, what, Struzic or something he's called? He started centre back. He was one of those defenders the other week when they were haphazardly defending and he was playing centre mid this time. Decided to half someone. It was Grealish, I think, about 10 minutes in. He was booked. Then a minute later, he made another challenge. So Bielsa was like, nah, hauling him, throwing him off after 20 minutes. Great. That's okay. It's somewhat justified. Yeah. You know, oh, if it's, it's totally if it's, justified. If it's yeah. Bielsa saying, you know, you're a risk of putting us down to 10 men, therefore I have to take you off the pitch. That's a lot better than like the Lovren at White Hart Lane or against Spurs a few years ago, where after half an hour, Klopp just yeah. looked at him and said, Harry Kane's been beating you for half an hour and I'm going <laughs> to... You know, come and sit down. Yeah. Um, so I think that's better. And, and afterwards, he, he he just gets back in his box and takes his caffeine. It's great. <laughs> no, one one thing I'm starting to enjoy about Leeds game commentators are now sort of fed up of the Robin Cock jokes mm. that were going on. Like, I've early noticed in that the season. Yeah. early in the season, like Savage and Co. on yeah. BT were definitely get like there was lines just go on. It was all like cock going flying in or cock trying to pull out here and stuff it was all that kind of but, but to be fair it's their fault because you could just say cotch yeah exactly like, you know like what, what difference would that have made nobody would have known it's the a, difference yeah you can just you can hear them like sniggering each other like after going haha it's one o'clock in the afternoon and i'm making this joke uh, he, he must be him, like as in him himself robin cotch must be, he must be so dumb with that in his life and <laughs> um, got old early yeah, <laughs> obviously the the biggest talking point from that game was was Patrick Bamford with the hat trick, which has kind of divided yeah. people um, yeah. based on really their thoughts of Patrick Bamford. <laughs> where, where do you guys rank this hat trick in terms of, yes, that counts as a full hat trick, no, it doesn't. Where do you guys sit on this one? But the, wor- the worst part about it was that it was that good. It was a great hat trick, <laughs> uh, and that's why I'm really irritated about it, uh, especially the second goal. It was good. The way where he like shimmied around and then like hit it with his left foot. And yeah, him. I'm like so just personally divided by Patrick Bamford. Patrick yeah. Bamford for you being a Chelsea fan. Yeah, for years Patrick Bamford was the guy in the youth team. He was like the first striker who was scoring like a hundred goals in a season before like of Solanke, Tammy Abraham, and stuff came along. And I thought this is this guy's going to save English football. He's going to be leading the line for England and stuff. And then watched them for a while in the Championship. Never really uh, done very average, yeah, very average footballer in the championship. So I had to like completely reset my thoughts and the Premier on League Bamford, and he's just come to the Premier League and he's putting the ball in the net now. So I have to completely rejig my thinking again. It's a real shame. This guy's yeah. actually not the worst. Well, I can't decide if he is just really bang average or whether he's the smartest striker in world football. I'm, I'm on the fence yeah. here because. On the face of it, if you look at his numbers, 
he is bang average. The guy had yep. six shots in the first half without hitting the target. In 90 minutes, he completed eight passes. If you take away that hat trick, he's not doing anything that I don't think I couldn't do for Leeds up front. <laughs> but then, if you look at the goals, particularly the second and third goal, he's put under very little pressure by the Aston Villa defence. So mm. is it one of those that he's kind of lured them into a false sense of security by missing the target six times in the well, first half yeah. in order to make it easier for him to score in the second half? And if that is the case, I mean, we're not giving him enough credit because that's next level presence of mind. If he's going, I'm going to deliberately miss now because in 45 minutes, you're not going to close me down and I'm going to stick it in the top corner. But I think go further back than that, that- the guy's had two average years in the championship as well, luring every <laughs> yeah. Premier League defender into mm. that thinking of, oh, well, this guy's average, I'm going to have an easy afternoon. Yeah. And then bang, three against Villa. So I guess only time will tell if he scores the winning goal for England in a World Cup final, followed by <laughs> winning the Premier League at Man City or Liverpool or something in a couple of years' time. Well, then we know this guy's the He's most right, intelligent then. footballer in the world. Aye, yeah. I still haven't worked out what I think about the, the goalkeeper, the Leeds keeper. The youngest looking Melier. keeper in the world. Uh, yeah, what, what, is he good? I, I can't tell. Because like, <laughs> like he makes it, like unbelievable saves, but I mean, like I, I just I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with, the, I'm with Bailey. I just don't like the way he looks. <laughs> he could he could keep every clean sheet between now and the end of the season. He looks like a child, and I'll judge him accordingly. <laughs> uh, we also had a third clanger for match of the day um, after this when they br- <laughs> they brought up um, this uh, stat called uh, passes per goal stat uh, for teams in the Premier League <laughs> I mean if there was an ever more arbitrary stat for defining whether teams are good or not so, so they're saying oh you know like Fulham and Burnley and Sheffield United you know they're all that and at Man City are fourth and you're just like well what difference does this make? Like you're just bringing this up to sound <laughs> intelligent. This is gonna go down like the route of the pre-assist. That's not <laughs> setting up the goal to set up the setup of the goal. This is that kind of nonsense. That's a big claim in amateur football. If you're not very good, you like latch on to the assist of the assist sort of numbers. If you can try and sort well, of, I give it to him. Yeah, if you, it's basically just comes from you trying to justify your inclusion in the side. Aye. Week in, week Aye. out. So it is. I don't mind that one as much. A point for me, completely away from Bamford and, and Leeds and different things. Um, God, Jack Grealish is electric. He's a good player. This I, I, guy, I, I, I like him. Love him. This like guy, him. he's gonna be. He's gonna be in the running for under the floodlights player of the year come the end of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if he pulls up his socks a wee bit more, then I completely couldn't will. agree more. <laughs> but, couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. And cut the hair. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think with the, the socks as a certain situation, not all players can do that. I think it's only whenever you're a certain level of player. Like there's players I said, McBurney does it. Players at Sheffield United, but Grealish yeah. is good enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose you are afforded that luxury when you're performing. But from a practicality point of view, this I is know. a guy who gets kicked more than anyone else in the league. <laughs> well, you would think exactly. he'd want to have the shin guards up no, protecting the no. shins. Practically, if you look at the size of the guy's legs, he's not getting those socks up. He's actually a big guy. Yeah. He's actually he a lot bigger than you realise. He can have he's the biggest calves in the world. Well. If somebody kicks you in the shin, that hurts. Yeah, but he's not getting those socks up above them. <laughs> We're talking the elite level of world football. Have a word with the kit man. <laughs> Darn, it's the kazoo team. <laughs> There's no chance. Moving on to 
maybe the worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. Um, well, which one? Chelsea, Manchester United <laughs> playing out the most boring nil-nil that the world of football has ever seen. Yeah. Um, it was almost like Frank told his team, if you don't keep a clean sheet, bad things will happen to your families. <laughs> they were so reluctant to go forward. Yeah. Uh, I take a bit of blame for this. You do? You, t- you take yeah, a bit of blame? I-, I take a bit of blame for this because I've watched Chelsea now have two games where the scores finished three all. And after the Southampton game, I was like, what I'd give for <laughs> a couple of nil-nils. And m- midweek, Chelsea got a nil-nil against Sevilla, another boring game, and then Saturday night was just on another level of dull. Um, the best moment was definitely the Mendy almost scoring the own goal. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. Oh, when he kicked it, it. yeah, kicked yeah. it out for a corner. Guy doesn't have a left foot. Yeah, we'll have, find that have, out. Yeah, I have to say, though, him being in nets, I think, is really good for me. Um, I, I mean, my, my blood, every time I saw Kepa, I raise a balaga. Um <laughs> on the pitch, you know, I struggle with that because I feel like he's got away with it for two, two and a half seasons now. So I, it, I'm, it's great to see a new keeper doing a lot better. And well, a keeper um, actually making stops. Am I, nice. am I right in saying 100% clean sheet record in his Chelsea career? Three and three. Which yeah, because yeah, it was Kepa for the three three. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's good. The the you say the biggest talking point was was Mendy well, kicking well, out that well, that wasn't well. the biggest talking point well, was indeed. the the sort of battle that ensued after the game between uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Patrice Evra <laughs> weird in the Sky Sports studio there was more fire in a fifteen minute argument between the two of those than either football team showed on the pitch for ninety minutes <laughs> yeah and the bizarre thing the was well. bo- bo- both agreed with each other both were but- saying the same thing. Just in a different, just different words. Yes, but with the same intent. Yes, and, and they they started it, they started every counter argument with, "I agree with what you're saying," and then would repeat the point that the other person <laughs> had made back to them, you know, whilst rearranging the words, and it just got more and more heated, and it went on for a good fifteen minutes. And the poor lady hosting the the program on Sky, whose name alludes me at this oh, point. Oh, Dalglacia's daughter. Kelly Kates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She didn't know what to do. Yeah, she just had to let it run. It was madness. So it was, and I think it perfectly highlighted what this, this game football does to people. Those yeah. two guys had to sit through, one from a Chelsea perspective, one from a Manchester United perspective, had to sit through 90 minutes of terrible football. And it impacted their day, it impacted their attitude, it impacted their personality in a very negative way after the game. Well, you say that. So that's 90 minutes as well. But the toxic nature of the game of football, after we found out the reason why this was an argument, Mm. this is an argument, I think, 16 years in the making. Yeah, it did come out. Because we found out at a certain point, whenever both of them went, this is a bit ridiculous, Patrice Ever turned around to the host and said, I've nine stitches on my ankle. I won't agree with this man ever. Yes, <laughs> apparently he, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank left one in on Patrice Everett in 2004 and Patrice <laughs> has been plotting his revenge for the years to follow. It's just ended up on a Saturday night game. A Saturday night, Sky. Manchester United, Chelsea draw nil-nil, nothing happened and Patrice is just rubbing his hands yeah. together saying finally I get to go to war with this Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank character. Imagine carrying that about with you for so long 
just every time you watch TV and see Jimmy Floyd <laughs> on there going, I hate that man. Yeah. I can't wait to get him one day. And he, he was hiding it very well behind this sort of uh, mentality of, of positivity that he has <laughs> and these videos that he yeah. does on Instagram and his motivational Mondays and all I these things. Meanwhile, he falls asleep with a poster of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank staring down at him. <laughs> I mean, up to now, he's been holding out for the soccer aid game. But then they're always in the same team because yep. they're in the rest of the world. The they the world, are, so. yeah. Um, I have to say, though, the, the, the game produced another um, hilarious team selection from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, <laughs> so after after um, Axel Twanzebe uh, defended out of his skin against Neymar and Mbappe midweek, uh, Lindelof started again, uh, which was hilarious in itself. He had a good uh, game. He didn't have much to do. Well, <laughs> well, regardless, it's, it's you know it's still ridiculous. Uh, so Dan James and Fred started again, um, mm. and <laughs> Donny Van de Beek was an unused substitute. Donny um, must stink. How bad time, must Donny be at football? That's two weeks in a row. You've said it, exactly that sentence. But he must be. He <laughs> no, must I, I stink. But uh, Darren, he was sitting there in the rain as Ajax. At exactly the same time, the club he's just left were winning 13 0 in <laughs> yes. the Dutch league. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, this guy is a complete enigma to me. <laughs> I've never really seen him play. There was the odd Champions League game a few well, years ago. Well, did you ago. remember the IX Champions League? Yeah. yeah. Scored a few. Yeah, okay, good for him. He's only like 23 or something as well. Fine. What I see, and from my perspective, I've seen on Sky Sports News that he has signed for Manchester United for a fee of £40 million. Pounds. That <laughs> came with a lot of hype. Sky Sports immediately jumped on this idea of pairing him, Bruno Fernandes and Pogba as some sort of super oh, yes. midfield. Some yes, the classic. Yeah. In a game that was crying out for anybody who could just do anything. <laughs> um, I don't even think the coat was taken off even to go and warm up at any stage. Mm. So it, it's one of those... Think you're right. What has happened behind the scenes that is making Solskjaer refuse to play this guy? Is it yeah, yeah. like is it a like, personal thing between the two of them, or is it be. just that Donny van de Beek stinks at football? It has to be personal. There's no other explanation. You can't play Fred. The, the other explanation is that he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, United's just a weird team. I, I don't know how he doesn't get in the team. They're, just, they're hilarious, Billy. They're absolutely hilarious. Their like, lineup, like Pochettino, Maurizio Pochettino, sitting doing <laughs> nothing, mm. and they are keeping going with that. It's just well, if you're uh, Pochettino steer clear of that nonsense well. <laughs> so because i like to say most most of the top teams have a guy you know just a player Aye. who's phenomenal bit of a character will change a game liverpool liverpool have a few guys uh tottenham tonight have harry kane there's a guy Kevin de bruyne mean, so, yeah. man united don't have any guys like no. dan james is on the pitch from mata <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really like Juan Mata, but the guy's career stopped in by like, 20, 2014. Mm. <laughs> That's what he signed for Man United, I. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Fernandez doesn't really do anything unless it's from set piece. <laughs> I think <Wow>. Fernandez <laughs> is, he's trying overly complicated things at times when it's just yep. not the right thing to do. He's getting caught out from time to time and he's sort of throwing his arms in the air. And there's a bit of that in the, in the United ranks at the moment. I think Rashford. Seems like he gets a little bit pissed off with him. He makes a lot of runs in behind that he doesn't get the ball, and then you see him yeah. start to look a bit angry. The arms get thrown up in the air, and you know he sort of starts to stroll back into position. And he looks like a player who's just getting a little bit frustrated by what's around him. But Cavani might be good, but well, Cavani might be, might be, but he's got that number seven shirt at the minute, which 
in recent history hasn't gone down too well. No, not since Ronaldo left. You know, Sanchez, yeah. Di Maria. Yeah. It's it's not been great, but he, he looks well up for it. Mm. On, on the topic of Marcus Rashford, lots of MVP. Good, lots of good work being done outside of the world of football, and we probably should mention that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well uh, political rock star. Yeah. Fantastic work he's doing off the pitch, but I just want that, that, that work that he's doing off the pitch. Let's congratulate him on that off the pitch. Oh, yeah. Whenever well, he's playing yes. football, lines from, and it probably is just this week, it's a big story, and he does deserve all the plaudits. But stuff like, can you book a, can you book a national treasure <laughs> after he's tripped someone up? Stuff like that, and then yeah, it's sort of this idea of separating church and state. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same, Juan Mata's on the same pitch, and he's got great charity initiatives and stuff. For that one percent of Aye. his salary mm-hmm. goes to charity and stuff, and that's that's fantastic. Maybe you can but, sell half him, but on the pitch, I want him to stink. Yeah. I want him to have an Aye. absolute shocker. Yeah, and it's also the thing of Rashford had two great chances, and Mendy saved both of them. And all you're thinking of straight after he saves those is. Edward Mendy hates kids. <laughs> he's, ru- he's ruined the headline. So he has. You're going, well, this, guy, this guy saved a shot from an MBE here. Mm. How dare he? Well, well it, it did also uh, prompt the, the fourth clanger on Match of the Day this week. <laughs> when, you've got a real issue with weekend. Match of the Day at the moment, Chris. Oh, oh, this one went viral. I'm surprised you didn't hear about this one. No, God. Guy Mowbray, uh, the commentator at the start of the game, said... Marcus Rashford, whether you agree with his cause or not, we can all get behind him and admire him. And it led to Guy Mowbray deleting Twitter. Well, well, that's Guy having to walk the BBC tightrope of what he yes. can, can't yes. say politically. Disagree with if, feeding children. Yeah. yeah. If you're into starving children getting fed, great work, Marcus. Um, if, that, you know, if that does it for you. Yeah. Ed- Edward Mendy and whoever else hates kids. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, great work by great work yep. by Rashford. But as the point that we'll always make, if you do something stupid on a football pitch, we are within our rights to slag you off oh, for absolutely. it. And that is, we will slag off good blokes and we will slag off bad blokes. Yeah, totally. Um, we will congratulate Marcus for his work off the pitch. But if he continues to not score goals, we'll jump on his back. Absolutely. So we rightly so. Um, <laughs> anything else on United? Well, we no. talk Maguire. Well, we talk. We can talk. Yeah. We can talk. Maguire non-VAR incident. Aye. What's well, all, all just nonsense now, isn't it? Like yeah. Well, VAR doesn't work. Shocker. No. Yeah. We've we've Liverpool stopped the well. we've stopped the screens already. We have. Oh, oh have yeah. we? Right. To, you know, in the referee's defence, that the the weather in the United Chelsea game was pretty minging. So yeah. I can completely understand I mean, why he didn't want to stop the game. Stop also, it was such a dry affair anyway. He wanted I mean, that game over so that he could get home. But yeah, <laughs> I can understand why he didn't want to stop the game, go over, look at the screen, slow everything down, because it was pissing down. But just just a bizarre what? incident. Just It's that kind of defending we saw probably in the World Cup against Maguire. Mm-hmm. With a lot of holding. Oh, the Panama? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And penalties. And like, keep, keeping players to ground. Yeah. And um, it was, yeah, and penalties were given every time. It was something they were very vigilant of during that yeah. World Cup. Yeah, and it was because Maguire was and, and England were so good at it. I think that's why I still remember it because they had that kind of line of three or four of the big lad and slab head. You would always have to stop him one way or another. It was the love train. The love train, <laughs> as Glenn Hoddle called it. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, you know, 
Eric Garcia did absolutely take out Antonio in the Man City game as well. And nothing was, you know, yeah. It it, it just doesn't. And the Liverpool it's game we're talking about as well. It doesn't work. Well, but, yeah, the Liverpool one's hilarious. Well, <laughs> but it was strange because I think two minutes later, it kind of flipped over because Marcus Rashford had a run inside penalty area, Chelsea penalty area. And kind of fell over sort of once the phase of play had ended. We then had to watch two minutes of VAR replays for <laughs> something that didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, the ball, really the ball had completely one. gone. Uh, but it's so arbitrary. Was, because he's national treasure. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the you Maguire know. one as well. I mean, usually in football, football's a game that tends to um, kind of continue to push down those who are having a bad time. And, yeah, and Harry and Maguire, what, as we've talked about, is somebody who is having a bad time at the moment. And typically what football does when you're having a bad time is then, you know, it does give those 50-50 penalties against you. It sort of makes everything worse. That's typically what happens. So it's well, surprising that it wasn't is this, given. Is this like the ref's way of helping the national team? <laughs> There's going to be an international break quite soon. If Harry Maguire had given away a penalty there, his confidence again stays at rock bottom mm. whereas you don't give the penalty you, you help it you help the guy out a bit yeah it makes it look like he's dominated a situation a personal battle in the box and he's yep. won the ball kept the clean sheet yeah wonders for next time he's with england i think that's a big claim i think the more realistic answer is just <laughs> that the referees don't understand how to use var they're going to run out of referees who aren't suspended from var duty <laughs> after david coote was quite rightly sent to do fourth officiating this week after his dismal performance on the var in the liverpool everton game last week there's going to be a point where we get call-ups i i would very that, much enjoy I, I've that done it. I, I, I've I've refereed a game and been paid for it and booked someone for diving. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing as well. You went into that game with an agenda. The way yeah. these Premier League <laughs> referees go into games with agenda. You went in saying if anyone hits the deck under minimal contact, no warning, no nothing. Chris, you were booking him. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know the way referees have to like declare their allegiances. I they have to say I'm, I'm a games, season ticket yeah. holder here. I go to these games. Yeah. Yeah. Would the Premier League have to listen back to this podcast for all the slander of Brighton Chris has done over the weeks? <laughs> and go, let's listen, keep him away from those fixtures. Yeah, I'd love to I'm, see Chris doing VAR duties on a Brighton. Listen, Just a drunk on par. I'm a professional. Right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so moving on, league leaders finally sort of come crashing down a little bit. Pretty yep. awful performance by Everton against Southampton. Yeah, the, the best part about it was at the end, um, if you saw Carlo Ancelotti, you were saying last week, Darren, you know, how, how likeable he is, because he's he obviously, like, he just, you know, he just, he doesn't really care that much, he's just happy to... Very chilled, know. very relaxed, yeah. 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 He's getting his he, pension. He, he was, he basically did this, he was just like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, like, we didn't play well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, that, and that was that. And then he just went off on one about how Digna getting sent off was an absolute aberration. <laughs> Yeah, the Dinya red card was... Um, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. It was... I mean, it, it did seem like it was purely accidental. Yeah. Um, that being said, if you, I think if you put your studs into somebody else's leg for as long <laughs> as Lucas Dinya did, I think you kind of have to be sent off. Also, he was yeah. completely the wrong side. I do buy into this. He, he seemed like he was claiming to the referee that he tripped or there was a coming together of their legs that then, I don't know if his boot got 
stuck in the other guy's laces yeah. or what happened, but yeah. you were stamping down on Cal Walker Peter's foot for a good four seconds. Um, <laughs> it wasn't good. Yeah. I think it could have been a very nasty injury. I think Cal Walker yeah. Peters is, is quite fortunate just to be getting up unscathed from yeah. it. But I can understand why the referee sent that off because it looked like in in real time it did look like a bit of a, a nasty stamp on the back of his leg. Yeah. Um but Everton, just in general, from the word go, didn't look at it. Southampton looked sharp. Danny uh, Ings yeah, is yeah. so good. Yerry um, uh, Mina was back. Yerry Mina was back. Um, horrific defending, I noticed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just weren't in the game. Very flat game of football. Calvert yeah. Lewin, not really in the game. Very few shots on target no, for him. No shots on target for Dominic Calvert Lewin or Danny uh, Ings. And I wonder, what is it a thing of Richarlison being like? You replace a player like Rashard. I think he's a player with a bit of an edge. Yeah, Wobie's not. Yeah, and a, yeah, exactly. A Wobie's not that guy. <laughs> he, he's one of those like Dan James types. Bang he's not average. The guy. Bang average. Yeah. Yeah. And then was replaced at halftime by another bang average football <laughs> Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those we've joked saying Everton will win the league and stuff. But <laughs> I think whenever your depth is Bernard, and I think they were at one stage looking for Fabian Delph to change the game. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a bit like this. This is the real effort. They're, they're a good yeah. team, a good 11, but that's a performance they've been they've been doing for a while. Now, I personally think Ralph Hasenhudel is one of the most underrated managers in world football. Um, it is, it's hard to remember now, but Southampton for about three seasons were genuinely shambolic. Like, do you remember uh, Pellegrino? <laughs> Mark Mark Hughes, Southampton, after Cumin. I mean, they were they were horrendous. And yeah, he is brought back. Southampton for a while got away from what they were good at under like Cumin and Pochettino. Like they were yeah. really good organized sides. They would sort of win one or two nil. They had like a good base and like Schneiderlin and Wanyama. Uh, Schneiderlin and Wanyama, yeah. Mm. And then yeah, they just get away with them yeah. with Mark Hughes and stuff. It was. <laughs> Some bad days. They did lose the spine of that that team. All just took the same bus up to Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) So you can kind of understand why they They lost like half of their starting eleven. They did, you know, and and sort of fell away from that. Mm. And Um, then, yeah, and then in return on the return bus, they got one of their best signings ever in Danny Ings. Mm. Oh. To, yeah. to assist this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked at you talk about his assists. He, he strikes me as the type of guy he's going home pissed off that he hasn't had a shot on target. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. I was shocked that both him and Dominic Calverloon, two guys who we've said on this show nearly every week, just can't stop to not even have a sniff. I, I kind of thought, is it that whole paradox? You know, when a when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, like these two guys just can't stop and they cancel each other out. And then everyone else has to pick it up. Yeah. Everton don't really have anyone to pick it up. They just whereas neutralize each other. Yeah, where Southampton have Che Adams there at least. Mm. And Ward Price. Ward Price had a great game. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's good. Top player. Yeah. Very good. Best set piece taker in the Premier League, in my opinion. Big that is a bold claim. <laughs> have have you seen the way he whips them? Like with his curl? But he's, 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 he's done it for years. Yeah. It's, swaz. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Do you think that Everton... Like, is this a worrying sign for them, or is this just a blip for them? Do you think they'll still push on, sort of looking like top four, or is this an issue that you think now the wheels will start to fall off the seven team? No Richardson again, I think, for the next game. No Dinya for the next couple of games. Uh, Seamus Coleman out injured. 
Yeah, yeah, like they, they need to play your man Kenny rather than Godfrey right back. But I mean, I think the um, not having European football probably help them in comparison to other teams. Um, like they could still realistically then push for top four with the way people are so inconsistent right now. Um, you know, like I, I've you know, how, how can you predict at the minute how teams are going to do? Mm. I don't know. I can predict how Fulham are going to do. Still down, are they? (laughs) And Brighton, Darren. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Brighton. Um, (laughs) Do we want to move on? Um, Arsenal Leicester was a a game that happened on Sunday night. Um, Leicester, who have kind of struggled at the start of the season. I know Vardy and Madison have been in and out, and um, they lost Chilwell, obviously, to Chelsea before the season began. But um, good result for Leicester. I feel like Arsenal's whole up and coming. You know, a team on the up thing has kind of the, all that talk seems to have died down in the oh, past couple of weeks. That's always about, isn't it? I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Is it like oh, the oh, standard Arsenal optimism that's now just wavering because we're a month into the season? Yeah, it's that. It's that thing that's been happening. Arsenal have been brilliant. Obviously, won the FA Cup at the back end of last season, so they should be on a high. They had a, the great moment of Aubameyang signing his contract. Oh, he's not done oh, yeah. since. <laughs> like he's not put the ball in the back of the net since he yeah, signed yeah. that deal, which is a bit worrying. But yeah, I think Arsenal every now and then just do come crashing back down the earth. They, they're a fantastic team, and like are signing top players like Thomas Partey coming in from Atletico yeah. should be a fantastic signing. Now I've raised concerns with you two about how someone can go from a Simeone team. <laughs> To an Arteta team, <laughs> you're you're playing basically from the Spanish Burnley kind of football. Four two, <laughs> let's kick a bunch of lads. You only see him every now and then in the Champions League, really. To Arteta ball, which is free flowing, fast moving, get the ball high up the pitch, let's score plenty of goals, and defensively solid. But it's just it's a strange strange way to go, and I imagine it takes quite a bit of a rethink in Thomas Party's head. Get used to it. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've noticed the, uh, this new defender Leicester have, Wesley Fafana. No, no can't say I have, Christopher. Uh, he's, because they've got loads of injuries, so I didn't etc. 19, rejected West Ham, signed for Leicester in the summer. Um, I wonder why he did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, imagine everybody's shock. Um, I think he's going to be a world-class underback in the next, like, Five years. A ring on stamp of approval. He looks top. He's he's nineteen. Mm. He looks absolutely phenomenal. This would um, be a good time to perhaps run through some of the other players that have prematurely received Christopher Ringwood's stamp of approval. <laughs> Eric Lamella. It, it, Eric Lamella uh, is not. <laughs> you once told me, Chris, this guy is going to replace Gareth Bale. And <laughs> he he I'm, was signed for that purpose. Yeah, Gareth and now Bale's they've signed. Back. Fast forward six years, they've brought Bale back. <laughs> <laughs> seven years um, whatever <laughs> also uh, massive respect to uh, Premier League winner Christian Fuchs who started the game still going strong at 34 years old Good respect <laughs> that Premier League winner um, also it was also quite nice in that game because Tim Cahill and Leon Osman were on punditry so they had this nice little wee reunion thing of like talking about Arteta because all three of them are Everton legends Bit of Everton bias in the media. Well, w- well, one could say that. Yeah, yeah let, let's start that agenda now that Everton are top of the la- up top of the league. I'm trying to say there, <laughs> but the, a bit of bias within the but, but, but I mean, that was all lovely until I noticed that Leon Osman had his top button in. And <laughs> I do want to discuss with you, like, what's the protocol on that with no tie? So he's so has he gone? It's black shirt, 
top button in. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like that look personally, but yeah. I think in the realm of some of the looks that we've seen in the punditry um, studio this <laughs> season, I think that's fairly tame. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if the biggest jacket. conversation we were have, having about punditry clothing was top button in or out, I think we'd be in a pretty good place. <laughs> um, um, on the, on the, just, yeah. you know, since you've brought up fashion, um, yeah. Christopher, which, you know, as we all know, this game's all about how you look. Yes. Um, I praised Frank Lampard. Um, I can't remember if it was last week or the week yes. before for this movement to all navy, different textures, the fact that he ditched the tracksuit. That hat that he was wearing, I know it was a stinking day, but God, he looked like such a chav in that hat. He looked like he was a football hooligan. He did look like a hooligan. <laughs> he, he looked ready he was for the all away. I thought that was terrible. Um, Frank's yeah. thing is, if and I've noticed him wearing hats a lot whenever it rains now because the hair's starting to thin. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want it getting wet. Yeah. And I think that's the logic <laughs> behind the hat because it's not a great look without it. It's a catch-22 of you look a bit dumb with it on. Right. But then you look bad after. I suppose, you know, in the Arsenal-Leicester game, a good result for Leicester. Vardy back in the goals. Madison back on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, who, so there's still people, you know, there are still people out there who, you know, I know personally who hilariously still think Jamie Vardy isn't actually that good. The guy scores the same goal every time, though. Be like, you keep going back to the well if there's water there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one, of the, it's like the Iron Robin goals. It's like someone work this out. Billy, like, the guy was the Premier League top scorer last season, and I heard people say, "Oh, he's not that good." I mean, I mean, get a grip. Like, Different story last season, though. Different story because he had to cover up. About? He had to cover up for Rebecca mm. last season. If you yeah. remember, whenever that story came out in the papers, yeah. he went on a sensational run. <laughs> so he was in the paper rather than her. Mm. I think it it just all falls into that idea of of how you look in the aesthetic space game, and and Vardy's goals aren't typically what we would put in sort of our under the floodlights goal of the season contenders and I think for that reason we don't attribute as much value yeah. to them as we would do for other strikers who score the same number of goals or whatever obviously he scores a lot Vardy's got a vibe to him so he was obviously on the subs bench yesterday and there was a I point come back where he's getting he's getting ready to come on and you see him putting his shin shin pads on and on his shin pads he has that nonsense of chat shit get banged mm. written on his shin pads. Come like that's I not even a floodlights player. It's a few, it's a few what, what years that? old that as well. I, what, yeah, is that not some Twitter thing or what? Yeah, that's a that's a twenty sixteen thing. Yeah, from, like we've passed <laughs> that. Jamie, like yeah, creative and give yeah, us something new. Exactly. Yeah, we always want more. We're in this sort of Netflix generation of we always once you know once we've watched <laughs> something, it's all about well, what's the next thing? We've had chat shit get banged. We need something new from Jamie. <laughs> Um, just to say, we're not going to talk about the game because we're going to move on. Um, but uh, the keen listeners will be aware that uh, I just mentioned Jairo Riedewald last week and pretentious Pierce making a mockery of him. <laughs> it was fantastic to see Riedewald on the score sheet for Crystal Palace this week in direct response to pretentious Pierce's comment. So there we are. Ah, he scored against Justice. the relegated team. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I get Bailey. Have you got a you got an in the mud this week? Yeah, there's not been a great deal going on this week, but one guy's stood out to me. One guy's Twitter. 
and that is Mesut Ozil. Ah. So as we know, o- Ozil has been left out of both Arsenal's Premier League squad and their Europa League squad. Mm-hmm. But strangely, he's still eligible, I was reading today, for their under-23s team. Mm-hmm. So if there's Brilliant. any under threes, under twenty threes players out there, just get get ready because a World Cup winner is coming your way quite soon. <laughs> <laughs> but because he's not on the pitch, he has to find other things to do at this time. Maybe looking for a change of career. Maybe oh, for something else to do at Arsenal. It's an identity crisis. A hundred percent. Take football he, away from him. So we've seen him at one point. I think a, a year or so back, he decided to start becoming a Twitch streamer. He's playing a lot of Fortnite, which Did got he? him in trouble. He got, that's what got him in trouble with uh, Emery. All right. What, what he's go, tried yeah. this week is to become uh, Arsenal's social media guy. So <laughs> on Thursday night oh, before no. the Europa League game, Ozil started tweeting, when I can't support on the pitch tonight, I will support in front of the TV in London. What are your predictions for the match? I'm going for a 4-1 away victory. Goal scores, Kolasinac, Elnene, Lacazette and Pepe. Yeah, Gunners, yeah. <laughs> Next tweet. Okay, then let's go, Gunners. Big heart. He then tweeted after saying, "What a week for my friend Petr Cech on Tuesday, named in Chelsea's Premier League squad for the season. Thursday night, starting for Rapid Vienna against his former club. Congrats, bro. Which was in relation to one of their players just wearing a scrum cap." <laughs> he, then, he then continued saying nil nil so far but come on lads let's try and make sure we take a win back home with us I'm cheering you on and then went a bit downhill for him where he had to then on the next week go chin up bro at Burnt Leno we still have enough time to turn this around guys <laughs> uh, this then changed moments later when he uh, tweeted out a yes boys fire emoji 1-1 David Louise and then after just tweeted Oba with about 10 A's, good job guys, and a photo of him and Obama Yang celebrating a goal from seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the match, he, he showed the Arsenal Twitter page that he can use a Twitter poll <laughs> with a uh, nice start with the three points. Who was your man of the match? My four options, Obama Yang, David Louise, El Nene and Party. And then straight after was nearly 300,000 votes. Thanks to everyone for taking part. Thomas Partey with 57% of the votes. Congrats and well done. Yeah, Gunners, yeah. <laughs> so he's got the full... He's got Twitter done. Mm. So he has. And mm. I thought maybe this is a one-off. It's a Thursday night. He's not got much on. He's going to give it a go. We all know Europe League's not the most exciting. Mm. But again, last night... He got involved again. Oh, no. Okay. So oh, no. it was the last night was my prediction for today, 2-1 for the Arsenal. Goal scorers, Oba, Laka, and the creative Madison for Leicester. What are yours? <laughs> <laughs> Which I really like, because I think what Ozil sees in James Madison is a proper number 10 playing, playing football. Mm. Where, <laughs> yeah. Whereas Ozil is a proper number 10 not playing, not playing. football. <laughs> so I think that's just a subtle dig at Arteta of hang on a second, we still exist. This position yeah. still can can be a part of a Premier League team. But my favourite part of all his tweets before the Leicester game was, okay, Gunners, a little warm-up for tonight to get in the mood for the big clash against oh, Leicester. And he just links a video of Arsenal-Leicester highlights where he scored a goal. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So it was with hashtag good memories. Yeah, I like that. 
This is fantastic. I, I hope he continues to do this while he's not playing under 23s football or he's not in the actual Arsenal team. Has, has he not got like a family or something? Yeah. He's got stuff to do, you know, like. But he, cl- he clearly has to show some interest mm. in Arsenal. I, I love the idea of making it all about himself, this sort of, you know, individual <laughs> sport masquerading as a team sport. I'm not involved today, but here's a moment where I was the star. I was against this team. I was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that is the career of Mesut Ozil, in a, in a nutshell, what you just described, Darren. You know. Yeah, I mean, it could well be. There was a bit. There was quite a bit to unpack there, Billy. Can I just get you, <laughs> if you can... Let's circle um, back, yeah. If, can I circle back to the first tweet... Um, which was his prediction in the Rapid VN game, and then yes. again for his prediction tweet for the Leicester Arsenal game. Could you read those two out back to yep. back for me? So uh, on Thursday night, it was when I was what, what, when I can't support on the pitch, I will support in front of the TV. What are your predictions? I'm going for a four-one away win. Goal scores: Kalasnach, El Nene, Lacazette, and Pepe. I'm going to stop you there. The result was two-one as an away win. The goal scores were Louise and a Bamiyang. Move on to the next tweet and you'll see where I'm going with this. <laughs> so on Sunday, just before the Leicester game, my prediction for today, 2-1 for the Arsenal. Goal scorers, Bamiyang, Lacazette, and the creative Madison for Leicester. What are yours? Come on, Gunners. Again, uh, not the correct result. Leicester won one nil with Jamie Vardy. Ozil must be the worst gambler in the world. Well, it's a good thing he's not allowed, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see Ozil in front of like the FA betting commission yeah <laughs> it's gonna be one of those where it's just hands up lads you've seen my tweets i've not made any money yeah there's no winners here <laughs> God, i mean it, it must be tough for him you said he's been left out of the premier league squad and the europa league squad yeah. i'm wondering just how far that's gone has he been left out of group chats where does he sit at lunchtime where does he fall in the social hierarchy at arsenal now because he probably is still their highest earner or one of their highest earners yeah that's so i'm wondering you know does he just sit with gunosaurus who only sits with him because he's employed by him he has to sit with him he's probably cooking cooking his meals yeah you know (laughs) but so i i'm really interested to see you know we all know that that you know, his issues football-wise and, and maybe his issues with Arteta and whatever. But I'm really interested to see what sort of social capital uh, Mesut Ozil has within the Arsenal organisation these <laughs> days. I'd be, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the Emirates. Yeah, because thinking about that, they, a similar thing happened to Gwen Doozy. But I think yes. it's an easier, it's yeah, an easier yeah. thing to push him aside. He's a 19-year-old, probably not on as much as a lot of players. Mm. Ozil's definitely the highest earner at the club, employs the mascot. And has won a World Cup. Yeah, I imagine it's very different trying to push him aside. Mm. I imagine he does have s- some influence on that team. Wow, I'd love to get Mezit on the pod if you're listening, oh, Mezit. He's not doing anything else. If obviously, you've, if you've got nothing going on, give us a shout. We'd love Thursday to have you on. Down. Yeah, <laughs> get his take on football. That'd be great. Um, Listen, guys, I think that that's pretty much everything from me. Um, I think we've done really well to drag, you know, forty to fifty minutes of content out of what was a pretty drab weekend. Um, Should but- be a good one next week. West Ham Liverpool at the weekend. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, great. Right. Um, <laughs> so excited. Is it on television? It must be. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, it isn't. 
Um, <laughs> listen, as always, guys, thanks very much for uh, listening and for all your messages and things. I know the boys were getting a little bit of abuse, Bailey in particular, around um, some comments about Harry Kane last week. So um, as, oh, much as, we, as much all as right. we love the, the positive comments, if, if you've picked up on something that we've said that is... Uh, that is incorrect. Please feel free to message us, and we'll deny it next week's. Um, <laughs> so, or else, stupidly double down. Probably. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, guys, any final words from you two? Um, Give me a proper weekend of Premier League football next week. Yeah, I think Please. that sigh from Christopher said it all. <laughs> <laughs> so it did. Um, um, thanks very much, guys. See you next week. <laughs>